Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Utah's often complained of being a flyover state and an often off the radar success story. I think no one on the east or west coast is watching. A new L.A. Times story suggests otherwise. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. There's a new column in the L.A. Times that puts the spotlight on Utah's very own governor, Spencer Cox. Uh, it's by Mark uh, Barabak. Uh, he is a columnist for the Los Angeles Times. He's been focusing on politics in California and the West. Uh, he's been a reporter for more than 40 years. He's covered campaigns and elections in 49 of 50 states. We've got to talk about that at some point, as well as 11 presidential campaigns. And uh, Mark joins us live on the line today. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So first question I have for you is, why why do a story, a column for the L.A. Times on Utah Governor Spencer Cox? What was it that uh, drew you into that? What makes that interesting uh, for the L.A. Times readership? Well, just to take a step back, you know, I made a choice a long time ago to cover politics outside the Beltway, to spend a, a lot of time in, in, in what you described as, as flyover country, Uh I'm familiar with Utah. Uh, I don't like. I love uh, been, been to Solitude, been to Snow Basin, Park City Canyon. I don't. I don't like snowboarding in crowds, and I don't like reporting in crowds. Um, <laughs> I love that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I covered California and the West. And what what interests me in your governor, uh, to quote my piece, is he's he's a different kind of Republican, a very different kind of Republican uh, than those that are extant these days. And I had him on my radar ever since he did that that interesting commercial, uh, the one that went viral of him of, of him with his uh, Democratic opponent, the two of them, uh, rather remarkably saying, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, that we disagree, but we don't have to hate each other. And I, I thought it was novel and refreshing. And I kept my eye on him ever since, and, and have been wanting to write about him. Oh, well, well, you have instant street cred here, and that you've uh, rattled off the right uh, resorts, and that you are not into uh, the crowd component on on either your skiing or uh, or your reporting. That's a that's a really good space to be. So we appreciate that. Uh, so as as you looked at at uh, Spencer Cox, uh, obviously there are some things that have been different from a lot of the other Republicans around the country, in particular. Uh, as it relates to the former president, uh, Donald Trump, and, and kind of tone and style. Uh, also, there's obviously been a lot of uh, success here in the state in terms of uh, unemployment numbers and uh, you know strong institutions of civil society. It, it seems to be a, 
a laboratory of democracy that's working. Uh, again, knowing that you're watching uh, kind of this whole Western uh, sphere here, what what else stands out to you in terms of what's going on? Well, as you suggest, the civility of, of politics there. I mean, I mean, look, I I, I was in uh, Utah when when Mike Lee took on uh, uh, Senator Bennett. So you know, politics ain't beanbag, and I know that people there can that folks there, politics there can get rough at times. But you know, there is a civility. I have covered, as, as you mentioned on the top, politics in, in forty nine of the fifty states to answer the inevitable question. Rhode Island is the one I haven't. Um, and there are varying degrees of, of civility. There are varying degrees of, of, of nastiness. I, I don't think anywhere can top South Carolina, but it's nastiness. And I think Utah is on the other end of the scale. And, and whether it is uh, uh, the influence of the church, whether it's just good outdoor living, uh, it does stand out in that way. And, and I think the governor stands out. And, and we talk about that a bit and talk about what it is that makes Utah unique. And, and I think it's also um, a place where – you know, in the old-fashioned kind of way, you know, candidates used to hesitate about "quote unquote" going negative, mm. uh, which seems kind of quaint and charming now. Uh, Utah is still a, a place, like I said. I mean, your politics can get pretty rough, but uh, uh, it, it's interesting in that there is that that civility and that sense that candidates, to the extent they can, should try and keep things civil. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the things that you uh, point out in your in your piece uh, is this idea that we we can have differences on on policy and different approaches in terms of the role of government or what level of government things should be done. Uh, but there is a different way to to talk about it. Uh, as as you look both at uh, your your interviews and your interaction with uh, Governor Cox and and folks here in Utah. Uh, do you think there's a space for this nationally? That's always the big question: is can this kind of politics uh, take root and get some momentum uh, on a national scale? Well, you know, it's it's a good question, and, and I did an earlier column, and, and I invite uh, your your tens of millions of uh, listeners to look it up, and for all of them to subscribe and maybe get a subscription for the kid and their cat and their dog while they're at it. Um, but but I did a column recently that sort of focused on. My point being in that column that the loudest voices tend to carry, and it looked at a politician in Orange County in California who was very, very uh, – got a lot of attention, got a lot of notice for, for being anti-mask and, and saying all sorts of crazy, frankly, things uh, about COVID. And you would think that that was representative of, of the sentiment, and then a poll came out that showed the overwhelming majority of, of people in Orange County, like something like 80 percent supported the very things he was railing against. My point being, again, that the loudest voices tend to carry – and. You know, I wrote that column, and I can tell you the reaction I got to the column about about your Governor Cox is there are a lot of people out there who, who you know, there is a market for uh, civility. There is a market for compromise. You know, there is a, a market for uh, turning the volume down. I'll, I'll say that was one of the other things that caught my eye about your governor before I did the column. I, I saw where he, he had mentioned, and, and we talked about this when I interviewed him, that he hasn't watched cable TV in, I think, something like eight years. Uh, so... You know, again, there are huge audiences for that kind of stuff, but I, I suggest as large as the audiences are for the MSNBCs and the Fox of the world, there are many, many, many more folks who, do, who don't watch those things and, and aren't interested in that kind of screaming from either side. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will encourage everyone to uh, read a great column. Again, it's Mark uh, Barabek uh, with uh, L.A. Times, a really fascinating piece on Governor Spencer Cox and, uh, again, looking at uh, some civility and some things that Utah is exporting in a good way. 
Uh, we hope they catch on uh, nationally as well. Mark, we appreciate your reporting. Let's get you to Rhode Island so you can be 50 for 50 in your political coverage. And uh, I want to have you back. I want to break down some of the uh, presidential campaigns that you've followed over the years as well. But we appreciate you joining us today. Be happy to. Take care. All right. So really important things, I think, uh, take take away from that. Uh, One, people are watching what's going on in the state of Utah. It is a unique laboratory of democracy uh, to have an organization like the L.A. Times uh, invest uh, resources, time, effort, space in uh, digital and print uh, to talk about how we do our politics, how we have our conversations. Uh, Not to say that we're doing it perfectly. Uh, We certainly are not. Uh, But to say that people are watching uh, people are are seeing Utah as this place, this window in where we can say, wow, what, what would happen if we did it that way? Is there a better approach to our politics? Is there a better approach to policy discussions and real debate? Uh, this is not about kumbaya moments. Uh, this is about principles. This is about policy. This is about what's best for the people. That's something to think about on a Wednesday. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.